Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Blue Oval Podcast. I am Ben Weissel, and joining me, as always, Garrett Zatlin. How's it going, man? Ben, uh, I know it's National Championship Weekend, or we're just coming off of it, uh, but I just want everyone to know that Ben and I are missing the Sixers game, the end of the Sixers game, for you guys. That's how much we love you, okay? Granted, it's also our jobs on the most important weekend of the year, but besides that, you know, we love you that much. Uh, speaking of people who love us a lot, we got a few new ratings and reviews, actually. Well, we got two on Spotify, we got one on Apple, and we even got like a comment, I think, on Apple, right? We did. A review that says, keeps me connected to the sport. As a former D1 track athlete, I love the Stride Report for keeping me up to date on the state of the sport. I appreciate the asset-based way TSR talks about athletes, too. So, wonderful review. We didn't get to my Spotify 100 goal by NCAAs, but we got close. We got to 94. I'm pretty happy with that. We've been getting more reviews on Apple Podcasts. You guys have stepped up your game just like the athletes have been stepping up their game at national championships. Good transitions, good transition. Um, but no, yeah, in all seriousness, uh, thank you to everyone who does that. And I appreciate the, the comment of the asset-based stuff. Like, It doesn't even have to be like that intricate, but they went above and beyond. Appreciate you, whoever left that comment. Enough of that. Let's go figure this out. If everyone's listening, hopefully my mic audio podcast is finally right after like five years of doing this. You'd think I'd know. Um, but let's talk. Where do we want to start from the NCAA Indoor Championships? Let's start with the first final distance event that we saw this weekend, and that was the women's 5K. Caitlin Tui taking home the victory in a commanding one-and-a-half-second margin over Hilda Olamame and Mercy Chilangot. Uh Kelsey Camille, her teammate, was fourth. Emily Venters to ra- rounded out the top five, finishing fifth in 16-25. This race went, I-, I think, a little bit different than I maybe expected. We saw oh, really? Emma duo really. I, I thought they-, they were conservative to start, but then they, they made a nice hard push. And I, I really like that tactic. I wasn't sure exactly how they're going to. I just wasn't sure how the field was going to react to having Tui being such an overwhelming favorite. But I thought the Alabama duo did a great job of trying to inject a little pace, a little variability. They broke away from the rest of the field and guaranteed themselves top three places. And then Tui just did what Tui did all weekend and all year and just was way better than everybody else. The result was what we expected, but I, I didn't necessarily see Alabama going two, three. And I, I thought they just ran a really smart race to be able to get to be able to get to those positions. Yeah. I mean, Alabama was certainly one of the, you know, Caitlin Tui is great. Oh my gosh, Caitlin Tui. Okay. Now let's move on. Yeah. Alabama is just one of those teams where it's like, you knew they're probably just as talented as anyone else in the field, yeah. but they have to write the right, they have to run the right race. Excuse me. And that's not always a given. Um, especially mm-hmm. because there's maybe some tactical things that they have to work on. But this was solid. They put themselves at the front. They made convincing moves that tried to gap their their uh, opponents. I just liked it. I thought it was really, really solid. And um, But yeah, it was super, super, super predictable. Um, I had I had Chui Alamamwe. I had Maza Downey, Chalanga, Camille. I mean, you just basically take out Maza Downey, Baron. I had Carter one place off. Like, it was yeah. a very predictable race. 
Yeah, I I thought there was a chance that New Mexico might have ended up scoring more points than Alabama did in this race. That that was the only kind of surprise for me that we didn't see New Mexico as a whole do very well, but and we saw Alabama run exceptionally well. Yeah, I I agree. Um the woman who surprised you the most. I think Amanda Vestry finishing mm-hmm. sixth, being yep. very close, like two one hundredths of a second away from fifth. She was just competitive. She beat a lot of women that I just did not expect her to, quite frankly, and just was a very solid, steady presence throughout this race, beating women like Sydney Seymour, Amelia Mazadowney, Elise Stearns, like women that Ella Baron that you just would not have expected coming into this race. Granted, some of them didn't have their best day. But she just ran a very smooth and composed race the entire time. Um, she was ranked at NCAA number 18. She was the final seed uh, coming into this. I'm happy for her. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy. She was injured. She was like out from racing for like 13 months at some point. She had been to like five national meets. Would have gone to six if she hadn't gotten injured. Um, she has never been an All-American. Really pretty heavy presence in the cross-country scene. And she comes back. She's a significant underdog in this field. Is a northeast runner who's racing at altitude. It's hard not to root for her. Like you want, like it's, it, you, I'm happy for her, right? Like this is a finally the race where it's like this is what she was capable of. You knew she was an all American talent. I just never knew if she would put it together, but thankfully she did. Um, so I was really happy for her. Yeah, uh, agreed. I, and, and like you said, I just don't think there's a whole lot to talk about this race. This wasn't the most loaded field that we saw on either the men or women's side. The result was very predictable with Tui winning it. Um, it, it just there, there, there wasn't a whole lot of moving pieces in this one. I will say this. The other name, though, is I think Sydney Seymour, um, mm-hmm. someone who even by her own admittance had not been running super well. Right, um, as of late. Now she did finish second in the ACC 5K, but that was not really the most loaded field. Um, event Vestry was in there, um, but you know it, she, it wasn't great in the 3,000 meters at either ACCs or Camel City. Uh, she had one great 5K race in Boston, and then everything else was just kind of, eh. but goes in eighth place. Like it's a like it, she had, she rebounded in a really great way, and mm-hmm. I think this is exactly what we thought like she could be when she was yeah. at Tennessee. Absolutely. Yep. A, a good way to cap off the season. And I mean, she's one of those women that if she's running at her best, like it, the, there is a very high ceiling. And if she can kind of just minimize those ebbs and flows that seem to follow her throughout a season, and she can be a little bit more consistent this outdoor season, I mean, she, she realistically could be a top five finisher in a national championship right there with Kelsey Camille, right there with Caitlin Tui. I really want her to attack the 10K, but that's something else that we'll, we'll review separately. So that's it. All right, let's go to the men's 5K then, where we saw Dylan Jacobs take home his second NCAA title. Casey Klinger putting in a hard charge there at the end to finish second. NAU duo of Drew Bosley and Nico Young were third and fourth, and Parker Wolf rounding out the top five in 13.43. What was the thing that kind of stood out to you about the way that this was run? I, I mean, obviously we saw Bosley and Young push the pace a little bit, but then we saw 
Jacobs just put in a huge move and really no one was able to react to it. I mean, Klinger did his best, but he was kind of too far back to be able to really make up that ground. Yeah, it's not like I thought that the pace was, you know, at some point, the NAU guys go to the front. They begin to push the pace a little bit. But even then, it's not like they're pushing to the pace to such an extreme extent that anyone's going to drop off. Like, like you're not going to drop with that kind of pacing, Dylan Jacobs. You're just not. Um, you're not going to drop Casey Klinger, who's an altitude guy. Patrick Kiprop thrives well in like these aggressive, really, you know, paced races. You know, I just, I, I like the move from the NAU guys, like add some honesty to it. It kind of helps them. But like this field was just really well suited to kind of, like they were all going to run the same race. Mm-hmm. And I think that's ultimately what kind of happened. Yeah, I, I it was set up really well for a Jacobs or a Kai Robinson to win. And I think if we see peak Kai Robinson from December, then it's him and Jacobs going back and forth. But like we just clearly we're we're not seeing Robinson at his best because he just faded to seventh. I, I thought I, I mean he was my prediction to win. You had Jacobs and you that was the perfect pick there. He, I mean, his his kick, and we talked about this um, mm-hmm. after SEC, SECs, where he was just a monster the way he was closing, um, and that just be, proved to be too much for any of those altitude guys who aren't really known for their turnover. Um, at the end of the day, I think we just needed to see a quicker pace from this from the gun and more just kind of surges from bosley if he was going to win this i think like the way he the way things set up it would there was just it didn't seem like there was any chance of him winning the way that he ran it so question so 1337 at 5,000 feet pretty quick yeah that's a fast time so are you saying do you think the overall time needs to be faster or when they began to be assertive with their pacing i i think they should have started a little earlier but i also think they just needed to make a like when they decided to really start pushing like make it more aggressive make um, see if you can open up a gap make it hurt i and, and maybe the overall time will suffer a little bit because you're all of a sudden like throwing in a 31 second lap in there like but you're i, I just think they needed to try to put in some big surges put in some real quick laps and see if they could have gotten any movement from the pack. And they just, they weren't able to do that. Yeah. And that, and that's totally fair. Um, what happened to your guy, Kai Robinson? It just wasn't, like I said, he just didn't look like himself all weekend, like mm-hmm. the 5k, the 3k. He, he, he put himself in position mm-hmm. in the 5k but it's telling that he ended up losing to Jacobs by 10 seconds. Like it, he, he was there. It, it just, he didn't have anything. It, it seemed like he, he had to put all his energy and all in it, all his effort just to remain in the pack for as long as he did. And he didn't have that extra gear in. And I don't know if that's just the grinding schedule that he had over the last few months of going to world XC's, coming back, running through uh, a quick 3k then having to jump right back into ncaa's I, I mean it's a lot and we saw that affect a few other people i think um i'm thinking of salon Ayildes from her going great to point. turkey 
um, and, and just not looking the same after that. I think that does have a big effect on on these athletes. I, I and it's a shame because I, I think, like I said, I, Robinson at his best, I think would have been right there with Jacobs. Jacobs ultimately might have won still, but I think Robinson would have been right there with him to the finish line. He just looked tired. Yeah, he just looked tired. Dude, go get some sleep, man. Like he's just as good as any of these other guys in the field. He probably at his best had you know a, a chance to win the title. I have a feeling he's going to win some kind of title on the outdoor oval. I don't know what it is yet. I want to say 10k. We'll see. Steeplechase. That's stupid. Yeah, steeple. But I don't <laughs> know. Like, do you really want to go up against Duncan Hamilton and Parker yeah. Stokes? Yeah. Like that's like I know. Like I know the 5k and 10k are going to be stacked. But the steeplechase at the very, very top, it's, it's ridiculous. Very, very good. Yeah. Very good. So, um, yeah, tough, tough race for Robinson. Meyer, smart to kind of move up as the race went on, but never really got there. Kiprop, yeah. finally, like a national meet where I'm like, oh, he kind of he kind of understood what the situation was. Granted, it favored his skill set, but he kind of really put himself in there, all-American spot. And Parker Wolf rallied after like a, a fine but not great ACC show. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I, I mean, we some of our sleepers just didn't come to fruition, like Barry Keane or Blanks or Solomon. I think Solomon was definitely a, uh, he was going to be very competitive or he wasn't. And yep. there, there wasn't going to be any in between. I didn't think he was going to finish like ninth or eighth. He was either going to be like top seven or bottom three. Um, yep. And that that is what ended up happening. Um I, there wasn't a whole lot of surprises. I think Nico Young finishing fourth after just not looking great the past few months was a, a very good performance from him. I, I really didn't know what to expect expect from him. And so for him to be able to hang with those top guys and then ultimately just not have a good enough kick, which isn't what he's known for even when he's at his best, I thought this was about as good as you could have expected from him. Uh, I absolutely agree. Yeah, I mean, this was... He just he wasn't that great this season. He had a great opening season 5K, but even then he wasn't really in in contention for the win right. like he usually is. His season was fine. It just wasn't great. And so for him, you know, granted, again, this was an honest race. It wasn't like sit and kick heavy. It's at altitude. If there was going to be a meet where he held his own, it was going to be here. I wonder what he does in the spring. I He's wonder. Go to the 10K. He should go to the 10K, but do you go to the 10K after a meh kind of indoor track season by his by, yeah. by the standards that he has set? I don't know. Do I, I'm trying to think. When's the last time? Was it like Tyler Day and Baxter that NAU really had a big presence in the 10K? It's been a minute. Um. Well, Abdi Nur was. Well, that's in that's that, right. Yeah, but but in terms of like a multi-person presence, yeah, um, probably like Tyler Day, maybe Footsons and Slassy, probably a few years back. Yeah, but I'd say you know Nur, Nur was in it last year. Yeah, because and, it, and it, the year before that. Yeah, it seems like like um, Coach Smith just is reluctant to push those guys to run the ten k mm-hmm. until he feels like they're really ready. And, and I, I'm not here to critique that. It just seems like that that it, he he slow plays that getting to the 10k um and at NCAAs on the track it, maybe this will be the year for Young and Bosley it makes a, the world of sense for both of them they're mm-hmm. both strength based guys who did amazing in cross country 
and have looked great at longer distances on the track. So you would think that that would be a perfect fit, but maybe, maybe they'll wait another year. I kind of like that. How they like, Hey, you're going to build your base. Like mm-hmm. we can make you competitive in the shorter distance, the shorter distances, yeah. like the 5k, 3k while you're building that base. And like, let's take advantage of that. And then when you're really ready for the 10k attack it, I don't know if that's, what's going to happen. Um, we'll see. Anything else on this before we move to the DMRs? Nothing. All right. Let's go to the DMRs on the women's side. We saw, and <laughs> I feel like we just kind of ignored them in the preview. So I, I, I feel bad. We saw Stanford women run a thrilling race to take home the title, just edging out Lauren Gregory and the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, Notre Dame ended up finishing third. UCLA, who looked very strong throughout this entire DMR, finished fourth in Georgetown, holding off Oklahoma State for that fifth spot. But I I just didn't think either of us expected to see Willis and Whitaker double back after the 800 and to do it so well. I, I mean, an incredible, incredible performance. Gregory did everything in her power, running 431 split at altitude to claw her way back into that national title conversation. But Whitaker did just enough running 438 and Willis is 202. And, and really the star of that DMR though, Melissa Tanaka running mm-hmm. 323. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that was the fastest split to put them she- in the lead. Mm-hmm. And they just never relinquished that. And much like the men's DMR where there was just a, a lead Going into the 400 leg, where you knew you had great anchors and great 800 meter runners, they just never looked back. So here's <laughs> here's the predictions we made for the winners. Oh, mine are so bad on this. Of of uh, the women's DMR, Oregon, Washington, 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 NC State, Washington, Washington, Stanford. Who do you think it was that correctly predicted Stanford? Uh, I already looked at this, but I almost oh. I, I almost texted Mara, who was like, "What? What did you know that we did it?" Like, I, it, I wish it makes I... it makes no sense. We didn't even think that they were going to run Willis and Whitaker, which is why we didn't even put them yeah. in our predictions to begin with. And even if they did, you're going to rely heavily on two true freshmen to double back from what an hour later from running too flat. 201 in the prelims that is incredible that I, I i hope everyone realizes just how insane that was and then to go see what they did on saturday i that's why like there's no way like the the chances of that happening for stanford for them to win the title it, it's 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 maybe one of the most impressive wins dmr wins overall when you consider what the circumstances were you look at our predictions, and I think our everybody's top three, except for Mara's, was some variation of Washington, Oregon, NC State. Those three teams finished 8th, 11th, and 12th. Yep. This DMR just got flipped on its head. Everything that we thought we knew, just it, nothing, nothing went the way we thought it would. I mean, Oregon was right there going into the kind of the anchor leg, but just, I think it was Kazimierska just 
did not have a good anchor leg. Washington's first split with Markazic just was not good and kind of took them out of it from the gun. And NC State just ultimately didn't run Tui. And so that that was kind of the X factor on whether they would be very competitive. But, I mean, it was just stunning when I, I'm watching and I'm like, we never even considered Stanford would be in the uh, uh, like would win this, and all of a sudden they're out to this big lead. I'm seeing UCLA like be really far up there. I'm seeing BYU at one point be really far up there. I'm like, am I watching the right race, or did I like completely misinterpret like these predictions? Because this is going completely sideways. Completely, like UCLA had no business no being in fourth place in second place at one point. Yeah, they had zero business being there. That is so incredible. Shout out to Sean Brosnan. I don't know what he's doing. It's working. I don't know what he's doing. And it's not even like Mia Barnett ran like some crazy anchor leg. No. And like they just like completely relied on her. She ran a 439 like split, which is good. But I mean, it's not, it's nothing crazy. It was the rest of the lineup that mm-hmm. did the work. 323 yep. to start. 52 for the 400. 204 for the 8. Like, they that those first three legs set Barnett up for the chance to like finish second if she would have run an unbelievable leg. Like they, this was a complete team fourth place finish for UCLA, and and I just don't think we would have ex- expected them to be able to do this without Barnett going absolutely nuts. And I'll be honest, the other team that I had zero expectations for was Arkansas. They had a true freshman on their leadoff leg who basically put them in war. They were, is that eighth? Yeah, not not high. (laughs) Eighth through through the leadoff leg. They had a really nice 400 leg, like a really nice 400 leg. Yeah. A 206, 88, 800 meter runner. And like they're they're in sixth place when Lauren Gregory gets the baton. And you're just assuming that Lauren Gregory is even going to be on the anchor, right? You don't even know if she's going to be there. And then you're like, well, surely she won't split anything faster than 435 after coming back from like the mile prelims. I, I mean, it was one of the most thrilling and the most exciting DMR like anchors I've ever seen. That was almost that was almost the greatest comeback I've ever seen. Period. Did you think she was going to get there? I did. I really did. I thought she was going to get there with a hundred to go. I thought, oh my god, she's going to get her. <laughs> like. I, I, yeah, I think it was at a hundred that I considered it because I was watching. I was like, there's just, it's too big. And Whitaker looks fine. Like she's not falling apart. Like, oh, I, like she looked hard. She was not looking great on that last like, lap. Like wasn't looking great, but like was still moving. Like you could tell like, all right. And then, then they got to that final turn. And I was like, oh, it might have. And, and I mean, to Whitaker's credit, she held her, held on. I don't know if I can say held her form, but held on. Uh, just enough to keep Gregory in second. I think that was the defining race for me that has made me such a big fan of Lauren Gregory. I think that was it. I think like if, if you're going to do that, if you're going to split 431 on altitude after coming back for the mile prelims, which was an honest race. Yeah. Ish. Maybe I'm lying. I don't know. But Well, it was like four, was it 440 or something? Uh, well, I think one of the heats was. I don't know what the other heat was. Let's take a look, shall we? Uh, prelims. She ran four thirty nine. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. I'm just so so impressive. Arkansas had no business being in second place, but Lauren Gregory yeah. changed that. Absolutely. Uh, anything else here before we go to the men? 
Mm. Notre Dame and Georgetown. Third and fifth place, respectively. That's what happens when you have the most complete DMR lineups yep. in the NCAA. I know they, you know, they'd gotten beat one time and Notre Dame ran well. And, you know, people were not giving them as much cover as they should. They should have. We should have. And uh, that's what happens when you're thorough through all four legs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Georgetown was kind of my dark horse. They looked exactly as I kind of imagined them, where I didn't feel like I predicted anything in this race. I at least felt good about Georgetown being solidly in the mix. You got you did Notre Dame pretty well. You, that was, yeah, that's, that's pretty fair. close. Yeah, you had Oklahoma State up there. Georgetown was actually not one of your better ones. Really? What, did I not have them far far up? Seven. Okay. I yeah, I thought they would be right around there. Okay, that's fair. Um, anything else? No. Let's move All on. All right, let's go to the men, and as thrilling as the women's race was. And the way that it came down to the wire, we did not see that at all on the men's side, where Oklahoma State, after a Fawad Masaudi masterclass in the mm-hmm. 1200, just gapping the rest of the field by over two seconds, gave the Cowboys a huge lead that they just never relinquished. Strong 400, strong 800. And then just a perfectly adequate anchor leg that just was run in a smooth fashion that never gave any other team any hope by Ryan Shoppy. Just a complete victory for them. And they looked every bit of the NCAA record holders that we saw from a few weeks back. Very interested to see who chose Oklahoma State. Let's see, I did. Mara did. You did. I wow. did. Gavin did not. Scotty did. Finn did. Ryan did not. Donnie did not. It's all those Washington guys. Um, you know it's a boring race when Dave Smith is calmly sitting in his chair on the last <laughs> lap. There's a video of him. And he gets up. He's like, all right, man, come on, bring it home. He's he's like he's like yeah I mean we were the best like I I don't blame him I don't blame Oklahoma State they were clearly the best relay yeah it just it wasn't close like they of course they were going to win I don't really know how everyone else thought they weren't that's my thing I I agree I I thought they were the clear ones I thought Washington was going to give them much more of an effort especially the way Wascom ran that prelim I was like in the mile I was like he's he looks so smooth. So good. If he's going to be on the 1200 or or the 1600 leg, he is going to at least give Washington the lead or keep them very competitive. I mean, you remember when Wascom and Missouri went head to head last time, it was basically a dead heat in that 1200 leg. But Missouri came into this fresh. Wascom was coming after that prelim. And that ultimately was the big difference. And then they just. They didn't have bad legs per se anywhere else, but they just didn't have any great leg to be able to catch them back up. Do do you want to revisit our our chat that we had? Uh, which part? Do, do we want to save that for the three k? Do we want to save that for the the uh, DMR? Well, well, we were arguing about the Washington expectations. That one. I so. I just think if if you have eight 
what was it? Sub three fifty five guys by the end of it. Uh, three fifty five or faster. Or yeah. Faster. Well, so the, technically seven because seven plus is, plus doesn't count. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So when you have that many, like you, you should be much more competitive in my mind in the DMR. Whether that means like like what Oklahoma State did, where Masaudi and Shopee both scratch the mile to run the DMR fresh and then come back and run the 3K, where Washington, you have six guys or seven guys who qualified in, in the mile, scratch one or two of them so that they're someone else besides Kieran Lum is fresh for that 1200 leg. Like I just, I, I don't understand necessarily the thought process. And, and when you have that much depth in that one event, use it to, possibly win a DMR. Like I, I just, I, I didn't get that. Okay. So here's the thing that's, I agree with that. That's, that's not necessarily what I think I was arguing about. I completely agree. Like it, they probably had, could have been at least more competitive with Oklahoma state if they had like, I don't know, Aaron all, Aiden oh, Ryan, yeah. Aiden yeah, Ryan all, yeah. all, all probably would have been a really good spot on the 12 yeah. and, you know, had him fresh. And Lum was, was fresh as well. Um, you know, they had Cass Elliott in the 800-meter prelims. They had Nathan Green doubling back to run the in the 800 uh, leg there. I don't know what he split. Let me check. 148. Like, it wasn't no, it's bad. Actually pretty good. No, it's yeah. actually pretty good. But like, what, that, all it I'm that, saying – It was that first leg that really killed him, I think. Yeah, I mean, no, like, also, if you're, if you're Wascom, you can't come off the prelims and be I like, know. put me on the anchor. And, and then get smoked. In the yeah. Time. Yeah, I mean he's he's crazy talented. He had an amazing season. It's just like whoa! It's like what happened there? Um, here's the thing: I think Washington actually, all things considered, ran very well. I think Wascom doubling back, running poorly, Nathan Green doubling back, Lum really being the only high impact leg that's fresh, and they still get fourth after a DQ. Mm-hmm. Like that—that's not a terrible performance. That's a good performance, and that's what I think you and I are arguing about. Yeah, I just again when when you have the kind of season that they did to finish fourth. Granted, it was a very close fourth. Like they they were very close to second, but miles off of first. Like you, the expectations have to be like, if not championship or bust, at least like taught like challenging for the championship or bust like it, it's just we've never seen this kind of middle distance step and yet they were unable to translate that ultimately toward a challenge like for but a title it's not about depth depth doesn't matter in the dmr it's about who your two who's your your lead off who's your anchor and if you really want to get fancy about the 800 sure but that's all it is it's what's who has the highest top tier firepower Yes, but I, I guess I mean they, but they did have like depth in front end firepower. They had multiple guys who ran three fifty two or faster. Like like that, they 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 have way like if you stack up. I mean, obviously you look at the performance performance list in the mile. You you see that they clearly have as good of top end talent as anybody, and yet it, it wasn't even a conversation after the first leg whether they would win or not. So who were you scratching? To run completely fresh. I mean, let me let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Who from the mile finals are you scratching to give um, Washington a fresh leg, freshly? I off? mean, that that made the finals. Yes. 
See? Going, going into the race, I would have scratched Hauser, which I, oh, I yeah, think... And I would have too, yeah. Which, I, I, again, like, is part of the reason why I'm sure Andy Powell decided to run as many of the guys as he did in the in the mile, because he's like, any of these guys could probably end up winning. But, yeah. like, at the end of the day, like, I... I, I would have scratched Hauser, have him fresh for that 12 or the 16, and they would have been right there. I mean, I, it, it would have been neck and neck, I think, with Oklahoma State. I don't know if I'm convinced about that, but okay. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, all right, so aside from Oklahoma State and Washington, Old Miss, great race. Uh, again, it's just what happens when you – they had a 147-800 split, 357 anchor. Cammy ran amazing. 357 incredible. split was the fastest of anybody at altitude. About like a good bit, yeah, actually. I, re- uh, that, that was kind of the performance that I was expecting from him coming off of cross. Like, to be able to run – like, I mean, that's what, a 355, 350 – Maybe four. Four-ish maybe, in, maybe. conversion. Like, that was the kind of performance that I was expecting. And he came through in a big, big way because, I mean, they were five seconds back of Oklahoma State after the first first leg. Like, Shane Bracken was all right, um, but it was the rest of the lineup that brought them back and ran exceptionally well. Wisconsin, very thorough throughout the entire race. Mm-hmm. Abduhali Hassan apparently goes out, according to John Galt, who spoke oh to the Goes out in 48? Because it makes sense. You're like, wow, they really made up a, that gap really quickly. Yeah, because he went out in 48 seconds and then, you know, died to a 59-second last split, which is actually not that bad. It's actually pretty impressive. It's um, amazing how fast yeah. he ended up running despite that. Like, you yeah. look, he was faster than some guys ran on the open four, like, just in the four-leg. Like, just in, like, the, <laughs> yeah. like, like for his force for 100. It was incredible that he held on for 147.4. Like that is a ridiculous way to run it, and makes me think that he's got a one forty six in him. Like come outdoor well, season, he's, he's no, run one forty six. Like, he like, ran one forty six as a prep. Right, yeah, I mean he's got maybe one forty five in him. To be able to do that, one uh, run one forty seven that way is insane. And if he can even that out, he's going to run much much faster. Let's quickly chat Indiana. Sorry guys, I mean this is just kind of like a joke now for me at this point. <laughs> Fifth place. Um, tenant, did you, did you watch the, the DMR? Yes. Okay. yes. Did you see the DQ? Yes. For Tennessee. Do you agree? It, in theory, I do because like it, the, I mean, did they knock the stick out of Washington's hand? I don't think they did. I had to go back and watch. I don't think they did. But I, I mean, like, I, they, like, I mean, Abdallah like really elbowed, like, uh, I, I guess it would have been long, but long. it wasn't intent. It was just racing. And I, I think that's the point Carlson made on, on, on Twitter too, was just like, he was just pumping his arms like you would if you're running fast. Um, but then when you slow it down and you look at it t- like under a microscope, it can look a lot more than it actually is. So I, I, I'm going back and forth on it. I, di- I didn't think they should have been, but I, I can understand if you're looking at the letter of the law and looking at it in a freeze frame, how you could come to the conclusion that NCAA did. Yeah, like there was no intent behind no, it, and we'll talk about. None. And that's a thing. Like, there's a difference. There's two. There was two DQs. Yeah. One with intent, one without it. This was the one without intent, and exactly. it also didn't really change. Like, it wasn't going to change anything. 
And they ran great. They ran exactly how I thought they would. Like, Cannon Anderson was good enough on that anchor, or on that first leg in the 1200. They had a great 400. Uh, 800 was really good. And then Abdallah ran a really smart race to close. Yeah. And they would have finished fourth. And, I mean, they did almost everything that I kind of expected them to do. Um, and, and so it was a shame to see them not be able to reap the benefits of that. The other team that we talked about coming into this was Villanova mm. and they got screwed by, I mean, when you watch, I, happened, man. I, I like when, when I saw that, like they showed like a replay of Charlie O'Donovan getting a shoulder right to the chest because a pole vaulter was standing in the middle of lane one when the DMR was run, coming around. And I just, and the commentator's like, wow, that, that, that pole vaulter really shook it off to like be able to make his jump after getting hit. I, and I was losing my mind. We're talking about a pole vaulter is the victim of standing in lane one while a race is going on. And I think may have i mean maybe it maybe it didn't have as big of effect but may have ruined villanova's chances at being competitive in this dmr uh so first off it's sandre gonserman uh, gonserman i've i've always I no messed idea. up his name he's a superstar pole vaulter like he's in the running for the bowerman like he's incredible um so maybe they're like ah look you know let's let's give him some some love there but when you watch him get hit O'Donovan, it's Charlie O'Donovan of Villanova. He still stays with the group. Yeah. He's still run, like he's still running with the group for like two or three more laps. And then he begins to fade. And then he fades hard. Hard. Like really hard. And it's it's weird because you think like, okay, if you're gonna fade that hard, you're probably doing it pretty soon after you just get your shoulder blown into your chest as you're running. But the amount of energy that you have to expend to after, like, you have to basically almost restart your race again. Like, you've lost so much momentum. You're putting in so much more energy just to stay in there. And that's, that tax is not going to hit you until later, especially. But he was still, he was still within that pack. And that's what I'm saying. Like, he was still, like, he got hit, but he's still in that pack. And, and, and I guess uh, I'm saying he had to. He probably had to use a ton more energy to stay in that pack after getting hit because of that. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know because like he was already on the inside lane. He was already in the middle of it. I don't think it like completely like he. I don't, I don't think he fell. No. I don't think he got knocked down. I don't think he got pushed back. But I, I don't know. It'll, it's yeah. very odd. Very very odd. So. I was I was very disappointed because I I wanted to like we both I think wanted to see Villanova very competitive um in this in this race. Mm-hmm. Indiana was great, North Carolina very good um to finish 6th uh, and then I think no real big surprises um besides Wisconsin ending up third. No, this was uh pretty straightforward obviously. I think we thought UNC could be a little bit better especially with them being fresh going all in. Mm-hmm. But now this is about right. All right, let's go on to the next event, which is the Women's Mile. And this was a thrilling race as well. We saw um, Olivia Howe. I mean, you you mentioned Dark Horse Olivia Howe. And I was like, you know what? It's a good pick because I think she'll be an All-American because she's a smart racer. But I was like, she, she just hasn't run fast enough this year to be considered a challenger and lo and behold runs 434 
at altitude to beat Lauren Gregory, Flamina Asikal, Margot Appleton, who also had an amazing race, and Maya Ramson, who was fifth in 4.36. Amina Matu, I, I am just con- going to scratch my head about her decision to open the race in 67-something. 60, yep. I, I was just... She's she's a good 800-meter runner with a good kick. You don't have to do this, Amina. Yep. Why are you doing this? You could have know. you could have been Olivia Howell. Like and because she went out hard, I think she paid the price and just was not able to go with uh, the the main pack once they went past her um and that that ultimately was the difference. But Howell, what a performance. Heartbreaking for Gregory, but Howell was absolutely incredible over that last lap. Um, Anna Gibson ran 4:37 on this track back in uh, January, January, late January. She ran 4:37. She got a 4:31 flat conversion, so she lost six seconds, 6.03 seconds. Let's just say it's six seconds. Call it six seconds. How basically ran what a 4:28 conversion after what being the 20th seed, the second to last woman yeah. into this field. Running what 433, 434, like uh, 433.77 at Notre Dame. Like the, the idea, like, can we just pretend that when I said Olivia Howe's a dark horse, I meant for her <laughs> to win, to be to win it all when clearly that was not the case? Um, agreed, Matu. I don't really know why that, like, why that was not necessary. It just wasn't necessary at all. Um, Ramsden, a little surprising. She just, I just, it looks like she kind of struggled with the altitude. Maybe, maybe did not look good. She did not look good. But you know what? Like all things considered, she she grinded through those prelims. She did. She cut through. She got fifth in the fifth in the mile. Um, yeah, something like that. And then she came back and got all American in the three k. It wasn't like the top heavy firepower show of Mile Ramsden, but she salvaged a, what could have been a really tough weekend for her. I don't think she did great at altitude. It's just my opinion, just from what mm-hmm. I'm seeing. I don't know. Um, Lauren Gregory. I love Olivia Howe. I mean, I picked her to be my dark horse. It is really hard not to feel bad for Lauren Gregory. She, she might be the greatest to never win a title. She really might. We're going to have to do so. Uh, I, I'd like to do a deep dive on that at some point, but she is putting together a resume that could go up against anybody's because she has been nationally relevant from the time she started competing attached for Arkansas. She has been great in almost every distance event, mile and above, and been great in cross country and just and has been a title favorite several times and hasn't necessarily had bad races when she has been a favorite. But she's she just this close. hasn't been able to get that last quarter of the second or whatever it is to get that victory. It's been multiple times like, where she's literally been this close. I mean, yeah. I, it's heartbreaking because like she's such a clearly high-value leader of that team. She's clearly going to be the veteran that transitions this team into this new era where they have a lot of young depth who's going to step up. She's just been so valuable, so consistent. Like, and she, she just seems really nice. Like, I just want her to do well. Um, and like, and you look at like what, how she ran that mile final. It was perfect. She did nothing wrong. She did every little thing right. I I think we're gonna 
reward her quite a bit um, in our rankings. She's already ranked very highly, but I think we're going to reward her. I just, I'm really hoping that outdoor season goes well for her because I, she is title worthy. She is. Is she? What when you say reward, is she top three in your mind after this? I, I can't. I can't give that away. I just. I can just tell you this. Mara sent me the order. And we always check it with a, a few of our writers. She always sends it to me first to check. Um, and I'll just say this. I immediately agreed. Okay. Interesting. I, I, I'm curious because we'll we'll get to the 800. And I think there's some other other very deserving non-Tui uh, runners that we'll, we'll talk about in a minute. But Kazumirska was another one who salvaged, I think, a, a tough we overall weekend wasn't great in the DMR didn't look spectacular in the prelims finished six. She was someone that I thought could be very competitive. Just didn't look like she had it um, this weekend, whether it's the altitude or anything else. Let me ask all. Yeah. Just, oh man. Like mm-hmm. what is so like Alabama women in general, I had major concerns about almost every one of them and they came through in a big way. She looked great in prelims looked great in the finals. I mean, just a very strong weekend and everything that we thought she could be after that race in December, but we hadn't seen much of from January until now. And she came alive at the perfect time, looked composed, strong, just really strong racer in both the prelims and the finals. She just put herself in like the third, fourth position and she stayed there the entire time. Not just in the finals, but also in the prelims. Yep. She was, it was the smartest race. It was like a, I may not be competing for the national title, but like I'm, I'm right there. And yep. she just, she didn't do any excessive like bouncing around. There wasn't any crazy surges. She's like, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to follow and I'll just see how the race unfolds. This is the difference between the Flamina Azacol who would just rely heavily on her fitness last year. Mm-hmm. Whereas now she's just like, I, I kind of know how this works. And it, yeah. It's just general growth. Um, speaking of growth, Margot Appleton. Yeah. Can you, like, Virginia has to be like, whew, thank goodness she's great because we lost Mia Barnett. And, um, like, in, like, Appleton, like, might, might be just as good as Barnett, you know? Like, maybe even better now. Yeah. I, I think you could make the argument she may have, have leapfrogged her. Um, yeah, she was spectacular. Didn't think of her as a lock to make finals and mm-hmm. all of a sudden is fourth at, in the finals. Um, really good weekend for her. Lindsay Butler just, again, just didn't look quite right. Didn't look fantastic in prelims either. And just looks more like the ACC 800 version of herself rather than the BU mile version of herself. Um, I don't know what we can attribute that to, but just not, not obviously her best day. Um, she, she, what I like about Lindsay Butler, other than her being a hokey is, uh, she just has a very good sense of humor about these yes. things. So on her Instagram, she, she posted something and one of them was like, uh, her three regrets was one wiping out on concrete, not even 10 minutes before my mile final. Um, so like, which is kind of funny, uh, like, not, obviously ideal. not ideal, but like it just, ha- it happens. Um, she's going to be back at the 800 in the spring. I feel fairly confident about that. She even kind of like recognizes like, yeah, like moved up, you know, um, but it is what it is. So I, I can't wait to see her go up against 
Rose, Willis, Whitaker yeah. in the spring at some point. That's going to be a, a lot of fun. Um, anything else before we go to the men? Nope. All right. The men's final. So my wife decided that this was going to be our weekend to be social. Uh, and we are not <laughs> very social people as it is. So I was like, oh, are you kidding me? So we were just going to uh, different places. It's St. Patrick's Day, like parade and everything here. So we were going to a party downtown and then we were coming back from another thing. I, I All this to say, the mile, the men's mile was going on and we were driving somewhere and I was like, I got to pull over. I'm sorry. This is this <laughs> like thing. This is, I was like keeping an eye on it on the oh side while we were driving. And I was like, sorry, we're pulling over now. And I just watched in awe as Luke Hauser, Luke Hauser Luke won Hauser. the mile at the NCAA indoor championships, holding off a hard charging and like, Potentially, if you give him two more meters, NCAA champion Isaac Baston. Anas SIE looked great finishing third. Wascom looked like he nearly made the perfect move to get past Hauser. And if he had, maybe he, we're talking about him as a two-time NCAA champ. This was a thrilling race. We saw all the best guys run well, throw heavy punches at Hauser, and Hauser responded. This was a incredible performance one of the best i've seen from a guy who just has not been at this level like in terms of ncaa performances in his career i don't think this race really like tells you a lot about like someone's like how good they are or are not i do however think it tells you i think it a validates your fitness and mm -hmm. i think it b shows you how good you are tactically yeah. luke hauser ran that 352 mile just before the nationals. I was like, okay, that's fine. But what is he going to do to back that up? Because he hadn't right. really, he, he had a good season, but he hadn't really had a great, like a, the 352 season. Mm -hmm. The way that he ran that mile final may not reflect 352 fitness, but he positioned himself perfectly. He just kind of inched further and inched further. He never let anyone in. He, he basically blocked off Wascom, his own teammate, from coming along. And if he doesn't block him off... He does not win. He does not win. And that that might have been the biggest move there. SIE, like, again, didn't look bad, but the dude keeps bouncing around, and it just, he just never looked like he got comfortable within that pack. Isaac Baston, the cardiac kid. I don't even think he needs two meters. I think he needs, like, half a meter. Yeah. Maybe one meter. 0.03 seconds behind you know you like luke hauser celebrating yeah i he, also think if hauser had just like nose to the the line would have won by more but he was getting real excited a little early but I, like i don't really blame him like how oh, i don't either like how could you expect a bastard just to be all rocking on the inside of the rail um Bastion seemed like pretty upset afterwards, which I was like, why? Like, dude, you had like the race. It was the one of the greatest races you've ever had. Yeah. Um, he, he was phenomenal. The rest of the field just kind of performed how we kind of thought. And then that was that. Yeah, I, I thought Brian Fay would end up being a little closer. I also thought this race would just be a little bit quicker. Um, I mean, it just, they didn't go out very hard. I think it was... Yeah, one a sixty-five through four oh nine, two oh seven at eight oh nine, and then they obviously closed very, very quickly. Um 
I, I also thought we would see more team tactics from Washington, mm-hmm. which we we didn't see a whole lot of. They they like Wascom was very content to sit in the back for a little while before making a, a, a few nice moves to put himself in position. Um, and then Van Open not not running, obviously uh, limited the field to nine, gave everybody a little bit more room to breathe as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the main guys that we thought were right in there, and it was it, it really was one of the most interesting, funnest races I, I've seen for a while. I always love the mile. And this really, I think, lived up to it. Thomas Van Oppen has to be kicking himself right uh, now. I so know. for those who don't know, broke his toe 600 meters into the prelim. Somehow still got a time qualifier. We reported that he was out. Um, ESPN decided not to attribute that report to us, but so what? Um, anyways, but uh, um, but yeah, I mean, like you look at this race and you're like, oh my God, this is a Thomas Van Oppen race. Like this is exactly the race that he would have loved. There's a part of me that's like, what if, like, could he have won this race? And I, I don't know if that's totally unrealistic if you are fielding a tactically sound, 100% healthy Thomas Van Oppen. Yeah. And I, I mentioned this in our Slack, but that second heat in the Miles prelim was the easiest mm-hmm. race to qualify in uh, for finals that we've ever seen. Givens did not start, which meant there was only seven men on the line. The previous heat had been won in 409, so you knew that they were nearly guaranteed a time qualifier, and there was only going to be one person that did not make it um, to finals, and that ended up being Aiden Ryan, who also probably would have liked to have been advanced after Van Open was scratched i don't know why they didn't necessarily it's, add somebody it's because but... you you can't like once the fields are finalized you can't they, they go can't. back and okay. say, yeah so interesting i don't know why but yeah so we could have had another another washington uh men in the finals but i mean overall just a, a very exciting race we saw the the depth of washington come through finishing one four five and eight nearly exactly what i think you had predicted one four five seven they were very good. I did not expect Hauser to be the one to lead the charge, but when you have that many 352 guys, you never know who could be the NCAA champion. You never know. Um, it wasn't... like when, when you're watching that race and you see all four Husky singlets in there, you're like, okay, any one of these guys could win. Like It's not until you see them all on the line where you're like, all right, any of them could win. And it was Hauser yeah. this time. Yeah. So. Let's go to the women's 800, which again, another exciting race. And we just saw, I think the, I mean, they were already big names, already big stars, but this was the making of the Willis Whitaker star duo. I think this was their big coming out party running 159.9 in two flat 05 to go one, two tracking down Michaela Rose, who ran great to run two flat 0.85. Claire Seymour doing what Claire Seymour does, finishing fourth. Just Mrs. March, Mrs. NCAA champion. She is just right there when it matters the most. Sarah Hendrick rounding out the top five in 203.21. So I, I know the women's side this weekend was all about Caitlin Tui, two-time NCAA champ, 5K, 3K. She's on track to be the greatest of all time. But 
what Willis and Whitaker did this weekend, teaming up to help Stanford win the DMR and then coming back and running these times and winning in this fashion in the 800 as true freshmen. I like they, I, I already thought the world of them, but they went to a whole new level. I think in my mind after these performances, it's not just that Stanford got one all time superstar. (laughs) They got two all-time recruits. It's not just both of them stayed healthy. It's that both of them got better. They ran their outdoor bets on the indoor oval, basically. Um, They both peaked in the postseason. They both ran those times at altitude. They both were doubling back from the uh, 800 prelims and the DMR uh, finals. They were, you know, they just took down one of the fastest, you know, fields. I can't imagine that there's anyone in the 800 meters who's ever run too flat and finished third. No. I just, I, I can't imagine it. I mean, it's like, a meet record of 159.93, which is like less, and Rose was less than a second behind that. Right. And, and like, that's what I'm saying. Like, what we are witnessing is so beyond special. I don't think the the GOAT, I, it'd be, it would take a lot. For to, oh, yeah. not to, to eventually be the goat, everyone's like, "Oh, she's not there yet." I get it, but to eventually be the goat, I, I, that would take a lot. But I, I mean, this it was. I'm wondering, was this the most impressive performance of the weekend? I, I think so. Like, I, I, I was the fact that they not only were entered in the DMR and then ran the times that they did, and then to come back and, and to do this and the way they did it against Rose, who was spectacular and just made a really strong move that looked like she was go- she could have won with. Um, but I mean, I, I think this tells you all you need to know about their overall strength, their overall uh, like just top end ability for them to run as many races as they did, just not only in the NCAA like at NCAA championships just but throughout the year as well for them to have run well in the regular season peak like you said and for neither of them to miss a step in their first year in college which is for so many a big adjustment you're under a new coach you're living on your own it's just a huge change of circumstance and for them to not only maintain but I mean it seems as though have gotten better and to take down a loaded, loaded field, it's just, I, I can't imagine them losing again. Like, I, I really can't. Like, they have been just so impressive this weekend, and I, it just makes me think that they're never going to lose another NCAA race again. And, and you might be right. And thank God for NIL deals. Yes. Because I'm, like, you know, Charles Six just got a Nike NIL deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they'd have. I mean, they're they're an advertiser sponsor's dream, and I'm sure they're thinking, okay, so we can train and race together, get our degrees together, we can dominate the NCAA together, and someone's still going to give us an NIL deal. They're like, yeah. yes, sign us up. Like, we're also going to get our degree from Stanford. Like, yeah, like, well, I'd I'd take that deal. Um, it's going to be incredible. So, I mean, at this point, their eyes aren't going to be. I mean, obviously they want to do well in the NCAA, but their eyes are at the Olympics in 2024. Like, yeah. and the U.S. is shaping up to have the just the 800 
dominated for the next like six to eight years. Like it is going to be, I mean, they should, it should be an incredible lineup in the world championships and Olympics for the next few years. And, and Willis and Whitaker are a part of it. How old are Willis? Are they 18? They're either 18 or 19. They can't be, they're not any older than 19. If they're both 18 and you say like, oh, another six years, they'll be 24. Yeah. And and Mo's not that old either. Like Mo's what twenty one? No, she, yeah, I don't know. Like all of BYU's roster is like way older than that. So like it's. <laughs> I'm sorry. That I just I couldn't help it. I had to do that one. <laughs> but uh, not the point. All I'm saying is that they're going to be dominant for so long. Next decade, they just they will. Yeah, I mean that's that's so insane. Um, the Rose though, like what a great race like what a really great race i she wish she so maybe good. waited a little bit longer to kind of make her surge to the front i mean but how can you like how can you argue with what she did you can't like any other race she wins like like oh i i can't imagine any other race where she loses like Aaliyah miller has the had the meet record before as two flat 69 and rose ran two flat 85 at altitude which is better than that. Like she was awesome. She, she threw in a 29 second six, uh, from 400 to 600. And that looked like that was going to be enough. And she didn't fade that badly in the, in the, the last lap, but I mean, Willis and Whitaker were just better. I, I just don't think there's anything more to say. No, that's just kind of how it was. Yeah. And the rest of the field was good. I mean, for, I mean, Seymour to Nielsen all ran two Oh three and like, they were all right there. Like <laughs> they were very much bunched up four through seven though. Those women all ran strong races, but there was just a clear upper class. And then everybody else. I don't know how Seymour does it. It's amazing. I, I just don't like, she was not relevant at all in the first half of the season. And and here's what I, and what I said in the first thoughts article about her is, it's great that she ran 204 and then ran 202 at the end of the season, but that doesn't matter if she doesn't get all American honors mm-hmm. and she just finished fourth in a, like a historically loaded field where like that had to be the best top three we've ever seen. Yeah. And I, I don't know how she does it. I don't know how Dilshi Taylor does it. I don't know what happens when the second half of February hits, like I, something changes, but she does it every year. I'm so impressed. Absolutely. All right. You good there before we I'm go good. to the men? All right. Men's 800. Mired by controversy that we'll mention in a second. Yusuf Bizimana ultimately is your NCAA champion in 146.02. Teammate Creighton Carosa second. Uh, Handel Robin third. Therese Roden fourth. Sam Austin rounding out the top five in 148.19. The controversy, of course, Navaski Anderson looked like he had won his first NCAA title. Looked super impressive after going out very quickly behind a hard-charging Therese Roden. But he did, and I think we both agree, looked like looked to impede Bizimana right in the last few meters as Bizimana was gaining on him and was ultimately disqualified for that despite i think he ran what 145 like nine something like that yeah so fast he looked every bit the guy that we saw at the end of last spring and unfortunately one mistake that he made was just fatal and just stripped him of his title 
um, two things here. One, it's a foul. Yeah. It's, it's a foul. I picked Navaski Anderson to win the national title. You picked Yusuf Bizimana. I did. And when, when he gets in front of Bizimana and they both get across the line, everyone in our Slack channel knows of like, oh, that's going to be a penalty. They raise the yellow flag. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm typing, gosh darn it, which is not the words I said. But like, oh, like all I'm saying is like, you, you just kind of knew. You just knew like that's going to be a DQ. You um, saw the yellow flag go up and it was kind of like, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. they're going to call him on that. Because remember what I said about intent. He yeah. looked, saw his go, I'm just going to step over here. Do you think he needed to? Like, so that's, that's what I was going to ask you. That was my second thing. Do you think he needed to? I don't think I, so. I think he did. Okay. I because don't he know. ultimately won by like 0.12, which isn't a huge margin, obviously. It's a toss-up. It's a toss-up. But I, I think if he would have just run straight, you're running less distance. Obviously, Busymon is going to be able to get further and get closer to you. But I, I think he still would have won. I, I, I might gonna pull this up possibly as your. I, I rewatched it again today because I was I, I, I was I thinking about this. I, I watched it too, and that that's the problem. It's like I'm still I've watched this multiple times, and I still can't figure out like what I, I can't I still can't figure out what it was. Yeah. I mean, so. I, I we'll never know because it was it would have been extremely close if he didn't. But, I, I mean, for Busy Mana and Carroza to, I mean, come back from the sizable gap that Anderson had um, just created after the first 400 and, and still had at 600 going into the bell lap was very impressive. Uh, just a true display of grit and just not giving up on a race. And because if, if Busy Mana isn't that close, Anderson doesn't feel like he needs to impede him and ultimately wins. I, I mean, I, again, some might say that this, this victory isn't really a true victory for busy mana because it took a disqualification from Anderson. But if he didn't put as much pressure on Anderson, Anderson wouldn't have needed to feel like it needed to do what he did to get disqualified. It's actually a really good point. Yeah. I, I can very much respect that narrative. Yeah. And that's true. And like, I just watched it a thousand different times over i still can't figure out if he just should have stayed i still can't figure out if he should have stayed the course or i don't i don't know like pushed up i don't know i have no idea but it was really tough um that's a very good point i i, I don't really have a good idea carosa is awesome like they yeah. all just ran awesome handle robot like like penn state like they so had good. all this depth i thought oliver dos was going to be their best 800 meter runner it's apparently a guy who was the 16th sixteenth on the national leaderboard comes in, and I'm like, oh, he won't make it to finals. Gets to finals, gets third after the DQ. Ran very smart, didn't get caught up in the early pace, and just stayed, basically just rode Busymana and Crows' coattails. And was just like, these guys know what they're doing. I'm just going to go right behind them, and just looked really strong. For Rodin to end up finishing fourth in this race after going out in twenty four point oh one for the first two hundred, ridiculous! I I was I was very impressed by him. For him not to completely fall apart in this race, I thought was very impressive. Um, and then you saw the SSC trio of Austin Franklin and Sumner just 
it, it just didn't look like they could get anything going um, and, and just didn't have their best days. I mean, it's just when it's that fast up front, yeah. if you're either in it or you're not. Yeah. And that's just one of those instances. Um, yeah, Rodin did that in his prelim too, though. Like he went out super hot. I was he surprised he, he was able to qualify doing that too. And he did the same thing. So my thing is like, you think you would learn, don't do that again. But at the same time, he still got fourth. Yeah. So, well, fifth, I guess. Fifth overall, fourth at the, the, the DQ, like depending on how you think about it. Yeah. But like, so it's like, okay, like how critical can I really be if it like, it kind of works. But I guess like my argument is how much better could he have been? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's clearly worked for him. I mean, it worked for him at ACC's, worked for him to get to finals and he, he did pretty, pretty well. Um, all right. Anything here before we go to the three case? Nope. 3K. Women's 3K. Caitlin Tui finishing off her NCAA championships with a second title, winning in 9-10.07. Olivia Markasich, second. Taylor Rowe, third. Simone Plourd, fourth. And Hilda Olamame, fifth. I was really impressed by Rowe. I thought she was very smart, very aggressive. Pushed Tui as much as I think anybody did all weekend. And ultimately was caught by a hard-charging Markasich in the last few meters. But I thought this was a good reminder that Roe still is one of the best and in a non-Tui world, very well could have been a back-to-back 3K national champion. I'm going to take a look at uh, who respected to, or who respected Roe and who didn't. I had her six. Mara had her third. Wow, Mara called the top three perfectly. Good for Mara. Um, yeah, yeah okay. Everyone, everyone had Roe. I had actually, ev- actually, everyone respected Roe more than I did, so I should stop talking. But yeah, um, Gavin honestly, had her second. What's that? Gavin had her second. Yeah, Gavin had her second. Um, I don't really have anything to say about this field. It's just kind of like, yeah, that's about right. I, mean, I didn't watch this great, but you know. yeah, I didn't watch this one live, so I, I rewatched it again today and yeah it it just was so predictable (laughs) like i i I watched it knowing the result i'm like even if i didn't know the result i think i could have told you with like four laps to go yeah i think the all the like the the women who we thought were going to be all americans were all americans you know maybe maybe not in the order that we had but like man there's a like a lot of women here where i'm thinking like man did they get that right like we, we got probably a lot of them right so um yeah. McCabe was a little further back than maybe I expected. Yeah, I, I, I mean, she might challenge, like, be right there with Roe. But I mean, still, she finished sixth. Like, Trelane got an 11th. Not great. But, like, you know, if there was a race she was going to run well and it was going to be in the 5K. The 5K. Yeah. So, um, Matug doesn't double back very well. Uh, understandable after being so aggressive in the mile. But that's kind of it. Like, that's just kind of, it was just the most boring. Like, and the worst thing is that, like, I'm just watching that before I have to go out and grab food before the men's races start. And I'm like, I just, I kind of know how this is going to happen, but yeah. I have to sit here and watch it. Um, and that's just kind of how it was. Yep. I agree. There, there really isn't a whole lot to say about this one, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, on the, all right. On the men's side, I I said it, I predicted it, this result, and then I doubled down on it after the DMR with his 1,200 leg. I was like, there is no chance. 
Fouad Masoudi is not winning this. And it was a lot closer than I thought it would be. But he ended up taking home the title over Drew Bosley. Jackson Sharp having the race of his life, finishing third. Casey Klinger having a very strong NCAA championship, punctuating that with a fourth place finish. And Alex uh, Mayer finishing fifth um, in 750.74. But this was a really impressive race, I thought, by three different men. I thought Sharp was very lively, made some really good strong moves. I thought Bosley was very, very good to open up the lead that he did and look like he had a great chance at winning coming home and coming into that last uh, home stretch. And then Missoudi hanging tough, even when Bosley was putting on the hurt with like a lap or two uh, left. And especially on that back stretch, it looked like he might've let him go, but he grit his teeth, put his head down and squeaked by Bosley to get that win. I thought that top three was exceptional. I think all of them should have been very happy with their performances. They just they just ran great races. Like they all kept to their own. They were willing to make brash moves. And like mm-hmm. when you're real when it's a, this field that's this tight up top, you sometimes have to take these like little minor risks uh, like tactically in order to potentially give yourself an edge. Bosley did it by like moving when he did. Fouad did it by like trying to time his kick correctly, which he did perfectly. Sharp was like, I'm just as good as you guys. I'm going to stay right with you, even though he's yep. seated much lower. Like, you know, these are really good performances, not just because of the times or where they placed, but because of how they did it. Um, credit to you, man. Masoudi. And I was this close to picking Masoudi, but I was like, you know what? It's Bosley's time. And, and it I, looked like it nearly was. It looked like it nearly was. And. Masoudi has just been so complete. He's been, I mean, he's done nothing. He's tactically perfect. I, I just don't know like what the, what the, all the flaw is against him, um, which as you and I were arguing about in our Slack page, had it, had it involved the poll to the rest of the Slack, I'm pretty confident I won that. You did. Uh, it wasn't yeah. as big of a margin as last time we no, did that, wasn't. which which yeah. made me feel a little bit better about myself. We 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 were accused of fighting like an old married couple, um, which we do from time to time in the like, Slack usually. when we're, we're passionate we, about it. We did it a lot this past weekend. I just want to <laughs> say Hey, you got to We you got like the athletes are raising their level at NCAA's. We're raising our our level and passion about our our takes when it comes to NCAA performances. So most trivial uh, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I I just I, at this point I don't know what his ceiling is. Like he has yeah. blown the doors off every single expectation you could have for him, starting in November until now in this like five month period, he has gone from good depth piece for a good Oklahoma state team who has run some decent miles and should be competitive. in we would think the mile to someone who is an NCAA title contender and a should be one of the favorites, if not the favorite every single time he steps on a track. It's an incredible evolution for him, and I am really interested to see what he does this outdoor season, um, whether it's the mile, whether it's the 5K. Whatever he does, he is going to I, – I, I, at this point, I just don't think I can bet against him. Do you think he's going to do the 15 or the 5K? 
I I mean, his his mile times this year weren't like wildly fast. Although he had obviously his twelve hundred legs were exceptional. Um, well, three fifty four is pretty good. Yeah, but it's not like he was running three fifty two or three fifty one. Like, um, I think the five k at this point. I, I mean, to finish tenth at and cross run what he did in the three k. I mean, I maybe he won't be able. Like, I, I think obviously the biggest thing for him is can he just hang in on a really fast five k, but. I don't think the NCAA 5K is going to be like so fast that he can't, and he's going to have a better kick than anybody else in that field. And there's just a lot less variables in that kind of race than a 1500, where it could be super slow, it could be really fast, there could be people coming in and out. A lot of you could get mixed up and stuff a lot more easily. I think it should be the 5K. Hot take. I think it's a steeple. Very well could be that. I I feel like he could. I mean, I feel like he could be really dangerous. I think it's. I think it boils down to: Does Masaudi and does Dave Smith do they think that in the fifteen or the five k that he can be a legitimate title contender? Maybe in the five k they can, but if not, then like use the season. Like he just he just he just destroyed the indoor scene. Use the season to get experience in the steeplechase. See if he can dip under eight thirty and then come back next year and be like. Hey, we're going to prep for for the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing he he. I mean, he just keeps exceeding the expectations. Like I said, so there there's yeah. really nothing that he'll do where I'll be like super stunned by at this point. He he's yeah, just that good. Um, elsewhere throughout this field, I, I I said I was impressed with Klinger and what he's done. He I think he showed a lot with just his overall turnover, which mm-hmm. I, I think. We saw that in the 5K. We saw that in the 3K better than maybe we thought coming into this championship. So good on him for that. Um, Jacobs just didn't look like he quite had it after that 5K performance. Still finished sixth. Um, And then elsewhere, Robinson didn't have a great day again. Um, Would have thought we would have seen a better performance out of Abdallah and Shopee. Um, But coming after that, DMR just didn't look quite themselves. DNS for SAE, Faye was last, um, and yet it was Hamlin, Jesse Hamlin, who we talk about him in December, yeah. we don't talk about him again, and now he's seventh in the nation. Um, well, I, I like him a call lot. Light. <laughs> very, very, yeah. Um, I like him a lot. I just, I want, I just didn't really have a whole lot to talk about. He's super dynamic, um, but it worked out. Absolutely. Anything else? I think that's it, man. I, how 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 long are we in? Hour eighteen. All right, not, not bad. All right, I I thought we were maybe a little longer. That's that's yeah. that I think is an adequate length for a really fun NCAA championship. Yeah. I look forward to talking to you more over the next week or two as we fully digest this. But I, it was just a really fun weekend. We saw a lot of great races. We saw the stars step up. We had some controversies. This this championship weekend had everything in it. Just want to give this time to shout out to you, Ben, for coordinating all this, all of our podcast duties here. All of our writers who kicked butt. They were awesome in the past week. Sincerely, they were awesome. Really proud of them, every single one of them. Um, we got more on the way. We've got rankings. we got EOS awards. 
Go leave a five-star rating review. Go to Apple, Spotify. We're now on YouTube. Go check out YouTube. And also, shout out to the readers. Shout out to the listeners. Appreciate you guys. Sincerely. Um, it's nice that I get to wake up every day and do this. It's nice that I get to talk to Ben once a week. Um, so we appreciate it. Stick with us. We got, we're working on a few things. And uh, we're excited for next season. So that's yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, thanks for sticking with us for another season. It, 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 really, we never take this for granted. I, I, no. I think especially after we've come back to be able to do this, we're, we're both so grateful and, and super pumped to be able to, to head into another season, another outdoor season, which I'm sure we're going to see NCAA records fall. I'm sure we're going to see some really interesting performances throughout the year, um, just like we did in indoors. But keep an eye on the site. A lot of good stuff coming up, like Garrett said. And now I'm going to go nap. A well-deserved rest for (laughs) for our fearless leader. But until (laughs) next week, Garrett, after you're hopefully a little bit more well-rested, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you.